Hello, and welcome to the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, music interviews for serious listeners. You may have heard of our curated music discovery app. The podcast lets us dig deeper and get to know the creators of that music, as well as others that will broaden your horizons. I'm Brian Horner, founder and curator of Craft Brewed Music, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Aaron Stamen, a Craft Brewed Music artist. guest this episode is guitarist Molly Miller. Guitar Magazine wrote, she slings the guitar like a wordsmith, wry and sarcastic with a playful slant, and flows from hushed whisper to bursts of elation with a plum. Dr. Molly Miller is one of LA's go-to guitarists. She's worked with Jason Mraz, the Black Eyed Peas, and many others, and she's chair of the guitar department at Los Angeles College of Music. Her trio has recently released its second album, St. George. Thanks for taking the time to be here, Molly. Thanks for having me. Now, when... Uh, when I set out to have a career in music, uh, when I decided that's what I wanted to do in, in high school, actually, back when Aaron and I actually were in a band together in upstate New York. Oh, um, cool. I envisioned that I would be, you know, playing saxophone in all sorts of different settings. And um, and in some ways that, you know, career has, has all come together. I do lots of different things. I deal with lots of different kinds of music. And sometimes I have a saxophone in my hands. Um but it certainly looks different than I imagined it would, you know, as, yeah. as a 16 year old, you also do a lot of different things. You're an educator, you're a studio player, you're a touring solo artist, you know, all of these things. How similar or different is that from your original vision? Oh my God. Well, I think I, you don't really understand that in order to do it, you have to be doing a lot of things when you're a kid, you know, or even like, in college, I we did an open house at the college that I'm a chair at last week at Los Angeles College of Music, and there was parents and students there, and you know they're like high school kids, and they're kind of like, tell me like what it all means, and I'm like, it's like you change your mind so many times, you have no idea. I didn't say this, but I, part of it I did, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, it definitely looks different because I think it's hard to imagine something you don't really understand, and I think. You know, it's like I knew I loved guitar. I knew that's what gave me meaning. I knew playing with other people, like, was my happy place. And teaching, I really loved. But, like, putting all the pieces together is interesting. I, I think things happen, especially for me and I think most people, it happens really organically. Like, you kind of naturally, um, like, are, are uh, inclined towards certain things and you end up creating a career doing those things. Um, so, yeah. But I no, at one point I wanted to do Broadway. At one point I just wanted to be a touring musician. Some point, of course, you know, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to be in the industry. Or it's like all the different iterations and roller coasters of, yeah. Because especially, like, it's hard to imagine doing, you have to do so many things to make it work, I think. At least for me, I think it's rare that you're doing one thing and that's the only thing you do. And does that appeal? Does that appeal to your personality as somebody who's got a lot of balls in the air and has a lot of different ways of accessing music? Or was that yes. something you had to access later? 
I mean, I don't know, you know, you could, you, what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of, it's like, I, cause I've been kind of manically running around doing things for as long as I can remember. Definitely like starting when I was 16, I'd say, um, just, and so it's hard to imagine myself any other way and just doing one thing doesn't really make sense to me. And I'm of the belief that doing different things help make the other things deeper. And it's not like I'm just like shallowy, like being shallow and barely touching the surface of these things. But I think being a performer makes me a better educator. I think being an arranger for my music helps me be a better uh, side man for people I play with. Um, Yeah. And I'm, I have a lot of energy. I like to do a lot of things. I like to like yeah, jump from project to project and teach different people and teach in different settings and record with different people and like, like do a guitar demos and just like, I'm kind of just love all the things I do. And I want to do as much things related to guitar that I can do. just played Over the Fence and I wanted to mention a couple things about the song and how it came to be and we can maybe talk more about the the general record in a sec but also yeah so that song all the record is uh original tunes written by me and then uh Jen Condos as well and that song in particular was one that Jen had written and then with her friend Thomas and then um I, I had reworked for the trio and um my boyfriend, Craig Newman, is a wonderful director and all things camera, editing, whatnot. And so he had an idea for a music video. And I was kind of like, a music video? Like, <laughs> what? Like, guitar instrumental music? Like, I, Yeah, we were and, talking about that yesterday, how cool that was. That uh, It's a great video, first of all, but how cool it was, you. this instrumental. Very unusual for an instrumental trio to have a video. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was kind of like. And I, I like it. I never thought of myself really as like the lead artist, Molly. And like, so I think conceptually, like a music video, like what do I do in a music video? I'm not an actor. I'm like, just give me a guitar and let me play. Like, don't make me act. And, but he, it was, I'm like so proud of it. It was like beyond anything I could have imagined. But yeah, we just kind of, he was like, I feel like the music is California cool, like woman with her weapon kind of mm-hmm. homage to Steve McQueen. Um, yeah. So, and that's how we got there. So it's a woman and her weapon being the guitar and we're kind of paying homage to Steve McQueen being like the man in his car, his weapon. Yeah. Right. But you yeah. get, you get a car too in this video. It's oh my God. Sweet, is that a Mercedes convertible? Yeah. I forget. I think like 1965 Mercedes. It was like, I, my brother, who's a wonderful drummer, we like, we're doing these rooftop parties. Um, so the guy who owned the rooftop also is the lover of cars. Hmm. 
and he has some very sweet automobiles. So he was kind enough to, to lend us that car. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it definitely captures that attitude that comes off nicely. Thanks. Yeah. I felt very, very stoked about it. The, um, the album has a, uh, has a, a great vibe and some really exuberant, uh, playing, uh, I had read that, uh, all the, uh, the, the tracking was done more or less in a couple days. Is that correct? Two days, entirely in two days and not even like crazy long days. I actually, um, Mike Persante, the engineer, you had car trouble one day. So we started like like a couple hours later than we anticipated. None of the days were that long. We just like, I think we had been ready for this record. We've been playing the tunes. Um, and there are, I think, diminishing returns with kind of what we do. So each song was probably recorded just a few times. The only song actually that we recorded in two different times was Over the Fence. That's the first song Mm -hmm. we did. And we didn't quite capture it. And then we did it again the next day. And it was the first track so that was the first and last song we recorded um but yeah every and oh, like uh hear it calling that was recorded and like the first take we used i think we maybe did one or two more but that's the thing is we were pretty efficient we we went in there and mike Presante and works a lot with jay um and so like they had a great rapport and just the jay jay jen and i have played so much together that we were just kind of like let's go let's do this and like we just knocked it out all in two days that weren't too crazy long, but I'm really stoked with how it came out. I'm, I'm working on a uh, uh, an album myself right now, and it's the opposite of that. It is like, <laughs> you know, collaborating with people in multiple different cities, and it's been drawn out over a long period of time, and it's yeah. different home studios, one central studio. And that's great to be able to build something over time and to, you know, to collaborate with people that you feel strongly about working with. Yeah. Uh, but when I listen to your album and hear those little explosions of <laughs> spontaneity, uh, I am very envious not only of the logistics of doing an album in two days, but yeah. of but of what that creates, the the result that you get out of that. Yeah, there's something from like I don't know. I, it I know. I mean, we all know it's so easy to to do something that never quite. It's hard to finish something, you know. Um, so I kind of love the idea of like 
okay, I'm, I'm paying for the studios for two days and that's all we have. And we're going to record these songs. Cause the next record we're about to do, we're going to kind of, we're going to record at Jen and Jay's. And the plan is to like arrange them, rehearse them over the next month. And then, um, be at their house recording for a few days. But my fear is what you're saying, where it's kind of like, oh, we'll record some of them now. Oh, oh no, like someone's busy and the other person's busy and it could get drawn out for a lot longer where I'm just kind of like, I like the efficiency of it because it's so easy to not finish things. Mm-hmm. You, I'm always you, struck by the like 50s and 60s Blue Note records, all those great jazz records. You know, you're reading the liners and they were recorded like on one day. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. What was like the miles where he he owed like it was like the cook and steam in those records. I yes. think he, yeah, yeah, he, he like, owed a couple on the old contract and, and exactly. Out. Yeah, yeah. And it's this timeless stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. They say Stevie Ray Vaughan was like that too. Just like walking into the studio like another gig, like do a couple takes and you're done. You got a great album. There's something about that that really resonates for me because. I, if I'm left to my own devices, I will be on take a hundred, you know, and it's taken me a lot of, of just doing it to understand, like, even for like some like solo guitar video I'm recording at home, I could easily spend two hours where like the first take was basically it. Instead, I'll be like on my like 200th take, just like waiting for that one perfect note where it's like, I don't know, where I think oftentimes like we forget that we're capturing an entire take not just like one perfect note or every note's perfect but rather like uh capturing a moment that is representative of of something yeah it can get into that kind of the the uh the part of of the classical approach that i think misses the boat you know where where you're kind of uh you know there's an overemphasis on technique at the expense sometimes of of uh expression totally yeah, we also live in an age where it's it's so easy to fix things and so easy to do 200 takes because you're not wasting tape anymore. You're just mm-hmm. you know, wasting, you know, <laughs> hard drive <laughs> yeah. on your computer. But it's really nice uh, not only to capture the moments of spontaneity, but uh, the little imperfections, the string noise, the little pop note, the squeaks here and there. Like, yes. Reminds you that's like a human being having a having a creative moment. A million percent. Like those are so often the moments on a record. I think that maybe the person performing hates is often the moment someone else loves because it just like those are things that feel so real. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One of the things I love on the album is the uh, the palette of uh, guitar tones. Oh. Uh, it's, I mean, I, I love, you know, uncompressed, very, uh, open sounding guitar that allows the pickups to just, just breathe and do their thing without a lot of, a lot of extra production on there. And, uh, those guitars just sound beautiful on every tune. Thank you. Yeah. Like for me, that was, I, I mean, like I, I'm like in the process of redoing some stuff on my pedal board, but really like I'm so into just remembering there's so much you can do just with your hands, you know, and that gets lost often. I think where people get confused and think they have to, you get sidetracked and like 95% of tone is just what your hands do with an instrument. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, traditional or not even traditional jazz guitarists in general uh, kind of, you know, gravitate toward that, very kind of round bridge pickup sound on a hollow body guitar. You feel like you got to sound like George Benson or Wes Montgomery or Mm. one of the classic guys. And I I love that uh, 
someone who's playing contemporary improvised music is really allowing the guitar to do all the other things it can do to sound edgy, to break up on certain notes and like have it respond to a, to a tube amp like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like for me, it's not like the guitar. I don't think of myself as just like a jazz guitar player is, is part of it. Like I'm very much to me, not at all just a I'm not a jazz guitar player. I'm a guitarist and my music is deeply influenced by jazz, but also a lot of other genres, soul and rock and pop and country and funk and like world music. Like to me, it's, it's a little more holistic than that. So, yeah. So the next question I have is people could call you a jazz guitarist. How do you think of yourself? Literally <laughs> the next question. So. Yeah. Like I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. that great, like, yeah, that old rock and roll stuff. I love all the stuff that creeps into what you're doing. Yeah, like sir, like I think of like Dwayne Eddy and like surf yep. guitar music too. You know, it's just like I don't think of myself as like obviously like I have spent a lot of time studying, listening, and loving Pat Martino and Grant Green and Wes Montgomery and Django, but also like there's like Steve Cropper and Hendrix and Clapton and Sisters at a Tharp. Like those people also are like yeah, really influences mine. So, and you've referenced California now twice, the uh, the surf thing. I know you went to UCL, uh, you went to University of Southern California, right? Oh my you God, from... you almost said the wrong thing. I know, yeah. <laughs> for, for shame. Oh. <laughs> Are you from Southern California? Is that part of like, is that whole aesthetic oh, part sure. of your makeup? Okay. Oh, big time. Born and raised in LA. I grew up in the South Bay, like right in a beach city. So uh, yeah, LA beach city uh, for 18 years. Then I moved, went to USC and I've been in the LA my whole life. And uh, yeah, so, and I feel like it's a big part of who I am. Like, yeah, my family's here, my work's here, all those things, but also just, I, I love LA and I, and I definitely, sometimes when I hear myself talk, I'm like, I can't believe I sound that way. But also, <laughs> you know, it's like, I, dude. No way. Or just like, or the valley girl thing, the like, 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 uh, I really have to work to not sound like an, a valley girl, you know, because it's just what I grew up with. And, and yeah, cut off shorts and crop tops. It's just like, to me, yeah, I, I love, I love LA. I love California. Well, it's a cool sound. It's very cool. That that's kind of the fabric of your sound. Yeah. Cause musically too, like so many of my influences are from out here as well, but just, yeah, you know.
take a quick intermission for a word from our sponsor, the Craft Brood Music app, a curated music discovery app that streams music for serious listeners. Sometimes we hear that people want to hear more of the songs we play on the podcast. To hear more Craft Brood music, download the Craft Brood Music app from the App Store or Google Play and get a free two-week trial. We'll help you discover music off the beaten path so that you become the person your friends turn to for recommendations, and we split our income with the artists. Craft Brood Music, the music discovery app for serious listeners. To hear samples and find out more about us, visit craftbroodmusic.com. One of the things that uh, makes you stand out as a guitar player for me uh, is your approach to phrasing. Mm. This is something that I think a lot of guitar players struggle with. And the people that I find most interesting in guitar, those who manage to find a, kind of a, a, a vocal approach to their to their phrasing. Thank you. Yeah, that's definitely something that I've thought about a lot and been really intentional with. Like I think back to, for me, the, the gateway drug, if you will, for jazz guitar was Grant Green because of that exact thing. I feel like I'm ha- he's, he's talking to me when he's playing. It's so conversational. Um, and just thinking of guitar players like that have always resonated with me and even people I've transcribed, it's not even like guitar stuff per se. Like I, I never, I didn't grow up doing like classic rock pentatonic solos. That was never like my favorite thing. It was things that you felt were lyrical and making a statement and punchy and edgy or emotional. And like, I very much, that's the music that resonates with me and how I'm intentionally trying to, the music I, I intentionally try to create. You know, when I practice, I record myself and listen back on a good day when I'm being a good practicer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of like, okay, it, it, am I like creating a story? Are there motifs that be, are being developed? Am I like, you know, I, it, it's uh, for me, it's like should be this creative exploratory thing where you're like, discovering things as you're playing and same with when you're soloing um, where there's like this discovery and portion of it. And I think that is, that's what I strive for. And I, I hope, and I think that's what's being heard. I think it really comes across on the, uh, the tune slow burn to nowhere, mm. which by the way is my favorite title for a track too. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you. Uh, but the, uh, the melody, uh, mm on the uh, the guitar uh, in that song is a is kind of a core example for me of that approach to phrasing where there, there seems to be pauses for breathing like you'd have in a wind instrument. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that came through. Yeah. So that song, I mean, like I said, I kind of run hot. I like uh, overwork myself and run from, especially pre-pandemic. It was like, like kind of, mm, mm, like mania. I'd run from like, I'd get off a plane from Singapore, go to teach for four hours. And then I'd have a gig that night. The next day I'd like, but it was just like nonstop between being in town and out of town, working, uh, gigging in town, like everything. I was just going so hard. Um, and I had, uh, I was like supposed to get on, I was had a flight with my brother's band out to a gig and like, we had a red eye and I like showed up at the airport and I just like broke down. I like couldn't get on the flight. I've actually never told this story, but I'm compelled to right now for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I couldn't get on the flight because I was just so overworked and I, I was getting all these like weird panic attacks and 
so I couldn't get on the plane and I came home and I've never felt so defeated of just being like, he was basically like, Molly, go home. Like, what are you doing? You, you, you don't look well. You're not well. Just like you need to take a day to, or more than a day. You need to chill and figure out, you know, how to navigate my life a little better. Um, and so I came home and I was, yeah, defeated, wrote that song in one sitting. And I was just like, how do, how do I slow down? How do I figure out how to like do all the things I love and take a little bit better care of myself. pandemic probably helped you slow down a little bit oh my god yeah the first month every day it's like it was a different sort of pain I mean the world was in pain but yeah it was kind of like oh wow I don't have to be tired all the time yeah it was a huge huge I mean for all of us it was a slap in the face but I was out seven nights a week um literally like I think maybe maybe one day a month I was home before 9, 10 p.m., you know, uh, before 10, 11 p.m. I was up late and not even like I was like partying. I was just out at shows every single night and performing every night or on tour every night. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a, a, a huge shock to the system. But now it's it's been good for me in that regard because now I'm not out seven nights a week. You know, I'm probably out recently more now, but a few nights a week, four nights a week, maybe seeing music, playing music. And that is like plenty for me right now. I think it's like my body can't handle what I was doing to it before. And maybe I'm just older and like out of shape now, but yeah. Um, so do, does that sound, do you hear that difference in your performances and in your playing? Is there more, I, I don't know what it is more, is there more, you know, breathing happening, whatever it might be? Mm, I don't know. I haven't, I mean... I hope so. I, I, you know, I played a lot of guitar during the lockdown, but I've always was playing, but it was a different sort of practice. So I'm sure my guitar playing has shifted a bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if it's what, I don't know if that's the shift. I, I, I'd like to think that it would, it's become more mature. Um, but still maintains the playfulness that I like to live with. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'd have to now. Now I'm going to be thinking about it, (laughs) you know, I hope there's a little more space and thought always. I think of Adam Levy, who's the king of that, you know? Yeah. So good. He's just like, 
Uh, and even it's just that thing that I think I'm always striving for. I think of like Clapton or Adam Levy where there's nothing to prove. And J.J. Kale, just like these guitar players where um, that, you know, I, I uh, it's not you have nothing to prove and you can just exist inside the music. And that's, I think, what I'm striving for always. How uh, how do you go about uh, imparting these things to your students? Uh, for instance, with uh, phrasing and that uh, the uh, the desire to let uh, to let the melody breathe. Do you, have, you, know, do you have a technique? Yeah, there's some musical exercises I do, and I think like I, recording yourself and listening back is so helpful. Um, and the exploration part, too, is another thing where you're not just like running a scale up and down. And Bruce Foreman taught me this, where it's like part one of learning a song is not is not just, okay, learn the song. Now let me play at 100 BPM or 200 BPM, whatever the song's at, and just play and try to keep playing it at that same. It's like walking you to a wall again and again and again, but you have to break it down. And part one of breaking down anything is just spending a lot of time on one thing. So mm. What if it's uh, any song, you just play the first chord forever and just go up and down, rubato, phrase, play a phrase, play another phrase. So you're like practicing and rubato phrases with a beginning and an end. Um, that's one. And the other one is really investigating the harmony in a way where it's not, you're not so blocked. You're not thinking, okay, this is C major. Okay, this is Lydian dominant, whatever, G, like uh, D flat Lydian dominant. Instead, you're kind of like looking at like, well, what notes are the same and what notes are different? And how can I create melodies with that in mind? Um, and I think that slow practice of going deep into how harmony relates to each other and having facility on each chord in a more uh, phrase oriented way is, is a good way to get there. a few of your tunes from the uh, from the new album on here and i definitely want to play one of the uh the solo guitar pieces and oh, cool. I, can't, I can't decide between meditation on movement and, and you say 
do meditation on movement. That's the one I actually, <laughs> that one feel like you say I wrote for, uh, initially pick up music. They were doing like the song squad is what it's called. Uh-huh. And I really like how that one came out. I'm like really proud of that one. I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out for this next record, like what the solo guitar moments are going to be. Hmm. Um, but yeah, meditations on movement was we'll do it. I we'll do whichever one you like, but they both, I love solo guitar. I mean, I sit around and play my guitar alone all the time. And it's always like a joy when I get to be, do it with other people. But that that freedom that you have is pretty cool. And same with trio. You know, I love that because there's a lot of freedom for each individual to really have their voice show. And, and uh, if you change something, everyone's it's easier to for everyone to listen. You know, I think the bigger the band, it's harder to be in the moment in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trio that there's that that is so true where, you know, if, if Jay's groove's a little different or I'm improvising a little different or Jen, Jen is like, you know, her pocket's a little different. Like we all react so quickly. Um, if somebody gets quiet, we all react so quickly or loud or whatever. But solo guitar, the freedom and the fear, I think solo guitar is the hardest possible thing you can do on the guitar, which is why I am like, how do I get better at it? It's sometimes I, it's like, it's so like, it's so hard to sound good alone and to, yeah. So that's why I'm kind of, it's my lifelong pursuit to play solo guitar at a really high level. That's interesting and not obvious and, and storytells and you're, you know, I always think of the guitar as an entire orchestra and the joy and the fear that exists within that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go with meditation on movement then. I've made I up my mind. We sort of have to. Yeah. Okay. You can do either. Meditation on movement <laughs> to me was like, is more um, like, is like kind of a deeper study. Like to me, uh, you say is like a cool guitar etude that like I'm proud of and I, and I like the way it is like, you know, I think a smaller version of what Meditations on Movement was for me, which is like having melody lead in a really, uh, in, having melody take hold and let harmony take the back seat, but try to have still like interesting harmony and what can you do and how can you change from one key center to the next with like the melody like staying true yeah Thank mm-hmm. you.
I read that um, you're always writing about something, whether it's an event in your life, person, uh, yeah. which is interesting in the instrumental setting. You know, I think a lot of people, instrumental uh, writers and artists, you know, sometimes it starts with a riff or a melodic idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting departure. Are you like a songwriter in that you kind of carry a notebook around and, and make notes no. or how does that all start? So, I mean, some songs is like Jen writes an A section, I write a B section. It's just kind of like a vibe, but the majority of the time, the vast majority of the time, I mean, I, we all are emotional beings, but it's like, I think part of my processing of what's going on in the world and what's going on in my life and how to strive to be a better person or understand a situation is on the guitar. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, like all, all the songs I wrote, it's like, I could, I'm either like angry, sad, upset, excited and love, whatever. And it's like processing the information into a song and all the titles really have like the lyric is actually in the song. Mm. Um, and there's more lyrics in my head that are incomplete, but like there's little, little parts of the melody are in all the uh, parts of the lyrics, the 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 title is in the songs. Thank you for listening. Craft Brewed Music, both the podcast and the Music Discovery app, has the mission of promoting this music and these artists. We can't do that without ears on the music. So if you like what you've heard here, we're going to ask you two small favors. First, tell someone about the podcast. Second, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Craft Brewed Music app, and try a free two-week trial of the curated streaming service. For more information, visit us at craftbrewedmusic.com. Thanks again, and see you next time.